Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Ben Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, we've got another exciting uh Exciting day ahead of us. Exciting podcast. You got a three-notch beer in your hand, which is always good news. I'm so excited for today's podcast. I think I think for the first time in a really, really long time, I'm drinking three-notch beer, but that's not what I'm excited about. Of course, that is an exciting thing, but what I'm most excited about is that we have differing opinions on some of the things that happened in this game. I don't remember the last time we had differing opinions, so this one might get a little um, aggressive. We might call each other names, and I just want to let you know here before we go into it. Um, I mean everything I say, so just get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to know that just everything <laughs> is is very personal, right? This isn't about the game. This is mostly just personal insults back and forth. But yeah, we got we got some exciting stuff coming. Obviously, the Texas State win. If you're in Harrisonburg, we can't plug it enough. Visit the uh, the three notched uh, brewery there in Harrisonburg. We'll get there in November. It seems like right. So so eventually we are going to get there, which is exciting. Georgia State game. Maybe yeah. not the most exciting home game this year, but hey, well, works out for schedules. Our whole thing with it too, our schedules it fits, and then not only we're we're making a weekend out of it, but we're yeah, starting in Harrisonburg, watching the Georgia State game. Not sure what kickoff's gonna be, and then we're gonna have a really tight turnaround <laughs> to get down to Chapel Hill and catch the JMU men's basketball team take on the defending runner ups. Runner up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean so it's that- gonna be a fun weekend. I'm excited for it. We'll see how I'm excited to get into the Valley Collab House and check that out, but it's going to be a really great time. It should be. And if you're in Harrisonburg before us this week, I know they have their Oktoberfest beers are here, which is very exciting. Every Monday, Minuteman Mondays. We won't be there for the Monday, so that stinks. But $3 <laughs> pints on Minuteman, man, that's pretty darn good. Every Wednesday, they have game night. So tonight is game night. As we're recording, <laughs> you're not listening to it probably. Well, actually, you can listen to it live, so maybe so you, maybe you are. And that's their uh, $5 flagship pint. So maybe you can get this podcast in live and visit game night. Maybe you go to game night and listen to it not live. Hey, that's fine, too. Yep, and of course, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source. Your number one source for all your football betting <laughs> Uh, needs this season sorry something that went wrong with our uh, tweet about our broadcast being live so gonna have to resend that one out real quick but football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and as your continued source for all your sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long, folks. Always the fastest, always the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports events: MLB, MLB, MMA, boxing, tennis, golf. We mentioned football, MLB postseasons coming up, NHL, NBA. They're tipping off. They're dropping the puck soon. So head to BetOnline.ag. To join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit, make sure to use promo code BELIEVE. That's promo code B L E A V to receive every single reward that you deserve. Bet online where the game starts. Hell yeah, brother. Where are we starting this podcast off with? Um, well, they beat Texas State 40 to 13, so I guess we can start there with a quick little game recap. 
it was rainy, right? You got Hurricane Ian, Hurricane Ian, as some like to say, that was coming in there and and uh, still impacting really the whole East Coast. It kind of just ended here where I am near DC, like today. So there was a lot of a lot of rain, a lot of wind, gross weather. I thought the game overall was incredibly sloppy on both sides. I didn't think it was it was really the cleanest game. But JMU dominated in the trenches. Uh, we'll get to some of that later. And it was it was a you know it was a good win. They covered the spread. They're four and out. They did cover the spread. They're four and zero. They're the second most. Well, depending on which sports book you use, they fluctuate anywhere from being one of the most profitable to the second most profitable team in the nation. I don't know what's going on with our Twitter right now. So apologies that I'm half in and out right now. But we're back in it. Um, you can also tune in on YouTube. So that's besides the point. They're the most profitable team, one of the most profitable teams in the country, 4-0 against the spread, 4-0 straight up, really solid stuff. And, I mean, it was a sloppy game to an extent, and I'm glad you brought this up so soon because I'm not 100% leak. I thought it was not a terrible game overall, all things considered. What did you like about it? I liked Latrell Palmer, loved okay. Latrell Palmer. And if you go and subscribe to our Patreon – um, I did a full film breakdown. His evolution as a runner has been amazing. There's been so many times in his career where he's been the bigger, faster, stronger guy on the field. And we've likened his play to that of Marshawn Lynch at times. I, I dubbed him the manimal during the weird COVID season. Like, there's a lot happening with him. And he used to just hit the line of scrimmage and run hard, right? He wouldn't necessarily take that extra second to find a hole. He was doing that all game he had 27 carries over 100 yards three touchdowns so i loved what i saw out of him i loved what i saw out of the running game altogether you knew texas state was going to key in on that you knew that was the go-to game plan for the dukes this weekend with hurricane ian in the valley so you knew they weren't going to be able to pass it all that much and they ran it really really well a fumble here and fumble there that 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 was to be expected considering you know it's freezing cold and it's wet and it's terrible conditions and the passing game wasn't terrible two great connections with chris thornton reggie brown had a solid night um todd Santeo did throw an interception but he still finished the day with 257 yards 46 long um chris thornton got back nearly broke 100 yards like i don't see how you can look at the box score even watch the game and tell me that was all things considered if you put this game in a vacuum and it's perfect conditions and all of that yeah it's a good it's not a good game but they were playing in the middle of a tropical storm, tropical depression, and you're telling me that wasn't good enough. No, I mean, you look at the box score, and you almost had a receiver that broke 100. You had a running back who broke 100 yards, had three touchdowns, and you had three other guys have solid games, and you were without Kalon Black. You were really without Percy. So your three-headed monster of a running back room goes down to one, and then your star quarterback completes 15 of 25 for over 250 yards and ran for a touchdown. Come on. It was a good game. It was fine. Like I thought it was I thought it was like fine. I don't there were some people who were like that's unacceptable. I wouldn't say it was unacceptable. I just thought it was like kind of sloppy. The interception was horrible. Yeah. He stared, stared a guy down. Like he didn't even have to jump the route. He was they had already jumped it. Uh the two fumbles is alarming. Palmer fumbling again is alarming. Obviously, he rallied really well after I that. was really that sad one didn't after seem that. like a that didn't seem like a wet ball fumble. That was like he got hit hard, the ball came out. Like that one to me. Same hit, not wet. I still feel like the ball comes out, which is yeah. a good way to know that, right? But 
I, I mean, you're I not just, wrong. I mean, I, I, I just am chalking it up that the ball was wet, so it makes it hard. Like, yeah, we don't know. But, I mean, it was a perfect tackle, helmet on ball, and it's just going to pop free every time. I thought. I mean, yeah, I thought it was it was fine. They averaged four yards a carry, but, again, like, they kind of knew they were running at most plays and, and leaning on the running game. I'm fine with it because Texas State isn't, isn't good. So, like, they we'll get to this in a little bit. It kind of felt like a CAA game, to be honest with you. But they just sort of controlled the clock, controlled the game, didn't make. I mean, they they did make a bunch of mistakes, but they also when they forced four turnovers that kind of made up for it. So I think I don't know. I feel like the offensive performance gets masked a little bit by the defense legitimately operating as one of the most efficient defenses in the entire country right now. Uh, but I thought it was like offensively, it was fine. I don't think there were like like any major concerns because they knew what the the defense was going to be able to do. So I think all things considered, yeah, I was I was fine with it. Yeah. Also, Texas State. I mean, Texas State's defensive line wasn't terrible. Their defense is definitely better than their offense. Yeah. Let's get to that real quick. Is JMU's defensive line, and this answer is kind of like yes and yes to both. Is JMU's defensive line that good, or is Texas State just terrible? I think it's maybe I was going to say this for later, but I'll maybe throw out some stats now. Texas State really sucks. Like they're horrible. <laughs> So, like, I know a lot okay. of people, like, JMU fans like, like, the Sagarin ratings, right? Because it's, like, a predictive metric, and it often shows JMU, even when they're at the FCS level, being better than FCS, I mean, FBS teams uh, when they were at the FCS level. But, so, they they rank, right, the Sagarin ratings ranks, I think it's everybody, FBS and, and FCS. And Texas State is 161st. So how many, I'll let you guess, how many CAA teams do you think are ranked above Texas State in the Sagarin ratings? Got to be Delaware. Got to be Villanova. Um, I'm going to go with four. It's five, and Villanova is actually three below them. But like, Whoa, it, Villanova's a bad like, year. I don't know. I haven't paid any attention to be honest. Neither have I. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. But they're, I think they're probably fine. But Delaware is like 40 spots above Texas State. Like Texas State is bad, really bad. Their their wins are what is it? It's like Nevada and they beat FIU or something. Like they haven't yeah, done. The, the, one of their wins was like not good. Or maybe they FIU. got blown out by Nevada. Actually, it was it was some. Let me double check Texas State schedule. But it's they have not been an impressive football team. They got blown out by Nevada because one of their wins was against Houston Baptist was, yeah, Christian, yeah, yeah, yeah. and their other yes. win was against FIU. So they yeah, yeah they so lost they got, to Nevada. They got blown out by Nevada, blown out by Baylor, blown out by JMU. Like to me, they're a team that seems like we'll beat Miami in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They seem like they're a team that's on the verge of a coaching change. Like I'm just I'm not impressed with what they're doing at all. The program's in a bad spot. So when when people are I don't know talking about like how impressive it was or or whatever, I think JMU looked really good, but it felt like a CAA game because Texas State is literally. CA level like it's a really bad football team one of the worst teams in the Sun Belt so I'm not I'm not reading too much into three home wins one of them being like maybe Middle Tennessee is okay one's Norfolk State one's Texas State like I think the App State game is still the one that I point at and like all right I think they can be special because of what they did in that one can I say an unpopular opinion right now on the podcast yeah I don't think Middle Tennessee State's good. Like I, think, I, don't, I don't think they're very good either. Like I think metrics are really like hyping them up and helping out JMU's case right now because they Miami. But I think that was a 
flash in the pan. They didn't look great against UTSA. Granted, UTSA is like really good. They have a stud quarterback, but Middle Tennessee didn't look great against them. So I think Middle Tennessee is a kind of a fraud. And some of the some of the metrics don't hype them up. Like they're 88th in ESPN's FPI and 97th in SP Plus. Like I think the fan base is like, look at what they did to Miami. Yeah. And I think some of it is like, well, they might actually suck. Like they might be better than 30 other teams. They're not like a a complete pushover. And beating them by 37, I thought was impressive because they do have some guys on offense who are pretty good. Yeah. But like scoring, I don't think scoring 44 against them is like a shocking total really at all. Especially in week one against a team that lost like a lot of they I think they returned over fifty percent of production, but let's say they lost forty three percent, like that was forty three major forty three percent of major contributors. So yeah. it was a it was a new defense. Exactly, yeah. So I mean I think some of that makes sense that, that JMU's done that. Like I'm still impressed with how JMU has played. Yeah. I think they've played well enough. Like ESPN has them sixteenth in strength of record. Like the teams they've beaten, the way they've beaten them, I think has been impressive. But I still maybe have have some questions uh, overall about you know what they're going to do the rest of the way. Because we talked about this at the beginning, and I was texting you about it this week. Like coming into the year, we were like they could be five and one or something in that range yeah. by homecoming against Marshall. <laughs> But then the rest of the schedule is really hard. And I feel like Jamie fans have completely forgotten that we yeah. all thought the rest of the schedule will be hard. And they're like, well, I guess we're going 11-0. It, it is hilarious because at 4-0, you have a win against the bye week. You have a win against Norfolk State, Middle Tennessee, and a bad Texas State team. And yeah, this was the point of the season where we were sitting here and think, wow, there's a good chance they are going to be 3-1 and after Texas State, 4-1 and after Arkansas State. Right. Like, I mean, not even a good chance. I believe both of us were on the podcast when we did our schedule prediction and we both were sitting at four and one after this next game. Like this isn't the surprise is app state. And the surprise part of it was the comeback part of it. I don't think JMU fans are this hype about the team if they didn't come back, which is weird because it's the same team that got down into a 28 point, a 28 to three uh, hole, a 20, like it's kind of a weird feeling, but I think if JMU like won a 24-17 grinded out game against App State, I, I don't think JMU fans are as excited about this team right now. Which, I mean, it's great that JMU fans are excited about it. But I will say, as someone who's now sitting here and I'm thinking, there's a good chance they go undefeated. Because not only have they won these games, they've looked really dominant in all of them, except for the App State game. But we talked about it last week. Honestly, they look dominant for... 52 minutes um so they're playing a lot better than i expected so that's what i'm excited about it's just funny when jamie fans point to the record and they're like look we're four and oh yeah we ex- kind of expected this <laughs> from a record perspective this was expected from it's a performance not- on the field perspective okay yeah th- i'm a little shocked by what we've seen i didn't expect a 44 to 7 blowout of middle tennessee mm-hmm. but i expected this rough record right now not like a not like stunning, right? That they're yeah. like because there was really only the one game that they were an underdog in. Yeah. So it, <laughs> like, and they weren't like a sense. major under. They weren't. I don't think what they closed it like, like six touchdown. and a half. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> right. it, not not a crazy upset. They weren't like plus one thousand on the money line. They were probably like plus two seventy five. And they were favored by like forty against Norfolk. <laughs> 
and like 21 or whatever against Texas State. Maybe 22. More yeah. 22. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. None of it's like overly shocking. I did want to highlight, I thought Grant Johnson had an interesting piece with the the breeze where he was writing about uh, JMU, like being able to win with its C game, which I think is a super fun discussion. Um, Cause it's, it's like some of it, they were using the the Texas state where Signetti was like coming into the year. Hey, we can't win with our C game against Sunbelt teams. And then they, at times, like especially offensively, had their C game against Texas State, but I think it it maybe lacks a little context there that like Texas State is literally a CAA team in terms of ability, so it's it's not <laughs> like Delaware's better than them. So I think that's kind of where it gets hard to to say that uh, they can still win their win with their C game or their C plus game. The other thing that I think bears repeating and bears credit, like it's hard to say anyone on the team has had or the whole team has had its C game when the defense literally ranks out like on ESPN's efficiency metrics as the most efficient defense (laughs) in the country, like the defense is playing so, so, so well. And they have the two short fields against app state. Like other than that, they've been pretty incredible across the board. The defensive line is good. The secondary is better than we thought. Linebacker has been awesome. What Jalen Walker has back to back weeks with, with interceptions and, and took one back for a touchdown against Texas state. So like the defense is really good like exceptionally good. So I, I think it's hard to give the the team a grade of like a, a C when the defense is playing out of their mind is mostly my take. Yeah, I agree. I think that's but also, I, but, also, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, their offense has played at their C plus game, right? Overall, the team, if you, if you average that out, it's a B plus game because the defense is just playing out of their gourd. Um, Halloween season, got to bring up gourds, shout out pumpkins. Um, but, but, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. I went off. Pumpkin. Oh yeah. If, yeah. They're playing with their C plus game, but overall it's, it's a B plus game because of what the defense is doing. Yeah. I was kind of going off of that. I was just going to say though, like if they play sort of more of a C game, like, I don't know. I think pretty much every game the rest of the way to me is as tough as middle Tennessee and Texas state or tougher. I don't, know if I don't think that's a crazy take considering Texas state is the one of the worst CAA teams. So like, I would assume every game from here on out is tougher. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this guy, <laughs> we can do our weekly refresh if we want to, where we like look and see if we've changed our minds dramatically, but like, I don't know for the next five are on the road. You got Arkansas state, Georgia, Southern Marshall by week, Louisville, ODU. That's kind of a hard stretch. I think you're overhyping Arkansas State, and we're going to get into their preview. We're going to break down that game a little bit in a little bit, but I think we still have a few more things we want to hit on on Texas State. Yeah. I think you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself here. I don't <laughs> think Arkansas State is good, and you think they're good. So that's not about good, but I you, think they're. I you think, think they'll they're, provide a, more of a test than what we've said. I don't think yeah. so. Like I think the hardest part of this game is going on the road, but we'll break that down first. Just look at this lower third that's going to pop up for you. And this one's specifically for you. And I'm going to hand you the floor. Oh, man. As a Chauncey Logan truther, this is this is one of the most exciting days ever. He's in the two deep. He's a starting corner now. <laughs> I think I was listening to an interview. It was like uh, Noah with the DNR was talking to Dave Rigger uh, on the radio. And Dave Rigger pointed out that Chauncey Logan does not have a tackle yet in his JMU career, but he has what? five, he has five pass breakups, but he doesn't actually have a tackle. So that was kind of hilarious, but you he looks really me? good. 
you know what that tells me? He's Locked locking in. down his wide receivers so well they're not even getting catches. He's been awesome. He's been really awesome. So it's a great day for me because I've been tooting his horn for a while. But I think he helps the secondary because we talked about corner maybe being a concern. And when you have a freshman who's playing really, really well with good size and stuff, it helps. But the D-line's been incredible. I know you you kind of highlighted them in that that film review that you did. What did you see from that group this weekend? It was a and what I mentioned earlier. It was kind of a mix of Texas State's game planning, Texas State's offensive line, Texas State's Texas State's play design was almost like woefully bad. That that coach should be fired on the tarmac as they're leaving the Shenandoah Regional. Like there were points where JMU brought like three rushers to one side for two offensive linemen. And then the running back was supposed to pick up the free blitzer, but either like it was bad coaching or the running back just is incapable of picking up the blitzer (laughs) that he would just miss completely. And the whole thing would fall apart. There was one play where in theory, it makes sense if you're like a good team, but Texas state's not, there was one play where they have two linemen go out to block the linebackers. So they just don't even think about the first, like they don't even try and chip the defensive lineman who's directly in front of them. They let him just run scot-free past and the fullback is supposed to pick him up, but he's already three yards into the backfield before the ball's even handed off. And these other two linemen are up on the line. It, the play designs made no sense with that being said, according to uh, Jamare, Jamare Edwards, he tweeted that back at us when I was asking, what should we break down? Apparently Texas state was doubling them, tripling them, throwing max protect in quite often. And they still finished with like four and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, a bunch of QB hits. So this defensive line is just, they just have such a high motor and they don't quit on the play. And they have elite level moves where they are able to bull rush the offensive lineman up two yards and then hit him with a dirty spin move to the inside. And it just leaves a Texas state lineman who isn't, you know, it's not an Alabama lineman. So they're going to leave them in the dust and they just kept doing that. And that's what we've seen all year. I mean, middle Tennessee doesn't boast a gnarly offensive line. Norfolk state clearly doesn't app state. Didn't either app state had an undersized offensive line too. Um, so they just have beaten up on on teams. Arkansas State's got some big offensive linemen. Yeah, they do, but they're not good. All right, fair enough. I thought one of the other things kind of going off of the, the play design when I was looking at your, your film breakdown that I thought was funny is like there was a play or two in there where I was like, oh, cool, it's it's Texas State. And they're running you know some sort of zone read, so you read the defensive end, and if, if he's crashing in, you pull it. <laughs> And instead, like, the quarterback doesn't move, and it clearly wasn't. They just didn't block the defensive end. Like, if it was, it might have been an okay design because, like, the defensive end was crashing anyway. Yeah. The, the running back, they could have pulled it and ran. And instead, <laughs> the guy just gets annihilated. And I'm like, what? who is designing this that there's just, like, a defensive lineman down in a stance is unblocked on a rushing play? It was it was some crazy stuff that they were, they were eating up. But, yeah, I also thought the other thing that was super impressive is when they did have the max protect just everyone's motor is really impressive where they like won't stop on the play, which I, I think you pointed out pretty well. Like the coverage is good, but they're, they're in there for a while where sometimes they had a little time in the pocket because, you know, they would max protect or whatever and try to give them some extra time. But Jamie would drop seven or eight 
And then they're still getting home with with defensive linemen who just don't stop, which would suck if you're an offensive lineman and have to like watch <laughs> that back and film. It's like you know five of you plus a tight end or whatever, and you got three or four rushers, and they're just sort of bodying you over the course of a couple of seconds. So I've been impressed with the defense. They're they're playing unbelievably well. Yeah, I've been kind of low on the secondary, but I think now I'm going to eat all my words. And for the time being, I'm sorry, secondary. The defensive line is so good that you guys are looking really good. And you guys were really young, but Chauncey Logan has stepped up. Brett Austin has stepped up. And a lot of guys across that secondary have stepped up. Sam Kidd has been phenomenal at the safety spot. Um, Really, really fun to watch. I thought Chuck Winnicki was pretty good, and we haven't yeah. mentioned him a lot, but he had one hit where there was like a screen pass. It was like a third and 13, so I was rewatching it back today, and I thought they were going to get a first down on this screen, and then he comes screaming you know, out of the secondary and nails the guy and, and lights him up and stops him like five yards short. It was just like – it was one of those games that I feel like, Jamie, you had a lot in the CAA where you'd watch it and be like, oh, yeah, like that guy's on the defense, and he's really good, even though we haven't <laughs> focused on him. There was one where there were so many guys, they like threw some passes, like Wayne Knight had a first down. It was like, oh yeah, I remember the true freshman running back that they liked or whatever. Had a nice <laughs> little thing. Solomon Van Horse, welcome back, right? There were just so many guys. It was like, oh yeah, they also have that guy. <laughs> oh, he's, I forgot he's on the roster. I forgot. Yeah, that's a-, a 46 yard catch and I <laughs> forgot they had him. Van Horse was really good. Van Horse is really solid, but. Anything else you want to hit on from that Texas State game? I think we've covered a good majority of it. Yeah, I was also, well, I guess the last thing, kind of impressed by the opening crowd. I was I was ragging on them a little bit pre <laughs> in the middle of the week about a little bit. There weren't going to be people there. Pretty solid for like opening kickoff. I was impressed. They seemed uh, pretty engaged family weekend, but the crowd was was darn good, which actually gives me some hope that our our November 19th trip, even though it's like right around uh, holiday break for students and Georgia State's one and four could be a um, pretty exciting little crowd. We'll get to that in Sunbelt pick. I'm, I hate Georgia State, man. They're ruining my life. <laughs> yeah, you were really high on Georgia State. I All can't right. pick their games, though. They beat Army last week. <laughs> oh, man. This sucks. <laughs> now, of course, before we go further into what is happening, it's time for our three-notched preview is Arkansas State good? I'm going to break down some stuff here. And then, Bennett, you reply or do whatever you want to do. But just kind of the overarching stuff. Butch Jones is in his second season at Arkansas State. He's 4-13 and with the Red Wolves. Former Tennessee head coach. Also the Red Wolves. Weird name for a FBS football team. They're 2-3 and this season. 2-0 and at home. 0-3 on the road. Johnny Lang. It's kind of a stud, especially on special teams, but he leads all rushers 265 yards with two touchdowns. James Blackman is the main quarterback. Another quarterback has stepped in and thrown 15 attempts, but that's probably just in spot minutes as James Blackman has gone 108 for 155 for 1,212 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, averaging over 240 yards per game. And they have a couple potent receivers in Champ Flemings and Sado Traore. And I think this might be one of the better receiving cores that this JMU secondary has gone up against as they have more than just one threat. They have two good receivers and a third guy that's pretty solid. But here's where I think me and you differ in what we believe if this Arkansas State team is good. We look at two different advanced analytics. Mine are telling me that they're the 119th best team in the nation. 103rd offensively, 125th in defense. 
I'm looking at EPA, which is expected points added, which is an efficiency metric, and it measures per snap, per play, what is expected, and then what actually happens. They're also minus 7.2 in SP+, which is 94th in the nation. Yeah, I think for me, the only thing that really scares me is the offense and the the big names, right? Like Butch Jones, I think, is a very capable coach, which he's proven. Yeah, he's um, proven well, with his four wins at Arkansas State. That's not fair. He's had at least a nine-win season at Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and Tennessee. So I, I think he's going to turn them around, but it is year two of the rebuild. So are they are they quite being turned around? I think you're saying no, which is probably fair. But James Blackman, former Florida State starter, there's talent there. Johnny Lang is good on special teams. And offensively, I think they have some pieces there that they're like a step above Texas State. Are they good? Probably not. But they have, you know, two games I throw out. They played Grambling. I'm throwing that one out because it was an easy win. Ohio State was a tough loss, but they played Memphis. So uh, one they played and two. Old Dominion and they played they played someone else. I thought that I'm forgetting now, but they played Memphis pretty tight and should have won that game. And then Old Dominion uh, was a game that they sort of blew that they could have won. There was ULM last week, I think, that they beat at home. So they've they've been okay in those three games. So I think there's potential there in JMU. It's only their second road game of the year. So I think it's a little bit of a test. Yeah. That's a good little quick preview, three-notch preview there. I think it will be a test as well. But maybe I'm too high on JMU now. Maybe I've drank the purple Kool-Aid and I believe that this team is going to be amazing. I don't see this Arkansas State team giving JMU too much of problems, even offensively. This is an offense that is 103rd in EPA this season. Like, what do you see in this offense? Yeah, they have a couple potent receivers. Johnny Lang is good, but JMU's rush defense, in theory, will just take him out of the game. It's going to be Blackman having to win this game on the the play of his right arm with his receivers. Like, what do you see that Arkansas State will be able to do that will take advantage of JMU's weaknesses? I just, I think that having Blackman as like a legitimate quarterback who's who's probably maybe even a little underrated in the Sun Belt helps a lot. I like that Butch Jones has had a, a bunch of success, but you look at, at Blackman, he's been pretty good this year in those games that, that you know, isn't playing at Ohio State. And I, th- I think that, Shows me a little bit like I just think they've they've kind of been tested a little bit. He was 25 for 34 for 275 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions against Memphis. Uh, their defense let him down in that game. ODU, which I think has a probably a, a decent defense. And that's sort of what their calling card is this year because their offense isn't very special. But he was 23 for 35, 285 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And then you look at what he did. Uh, last week against ULM, 25 for 32, 254 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, no interceptions. So I think you can kind of pencil him in for 20-something, for 30-something, for 2-something. I just think he's he's good enough to to give you a, a solid showing. Uh, I think the concern is you have to work really, really hard, and it's it's almost impossible to find any metric that says they're even respectable on defense. And they're getting like a massive boost in some of these. And I think they probably weighed it down a little bit, but it's most metrics, at least I'm looking at that ESPN has some of these efficiency ones have them as like a top five special teams unit. And I think that's because they've taken a, a kickoff back or a punt back for a touchdown. They've got good numbers there. Some of that's Johnny Lang. If you can take him out of that aspect and it's just offense versus defense, 
I have a very hard time actually seeing it being competitive. Uh, I think it's a game Jamie probably wins and has a good chance of covering. But I, I, there are certainly some aspects of it, like being on the road. You have a really qualified head coach who I think will make them a lot better. And then you have a quarterback who had starting experience at Florida State. That's like, all right, there's a couple of things there that interest me that like Middle Tennessee didn't really have and, and Texas State didn't really have. Yeah, this game also prime time on NFL Network. Yeah. Um, so that adds something to it as well. Not only are they traveling, but this is like the biggest game JMU has played in since the national championship. Um, so a lot of different factors to it. And yeah, I mean, that, that, that that's all potentially going to happen. I just have no faith in Arkansas State. And I think because their defense is so bad, I think Jamie's offense is so much better than their offense that JMU will be able to win if it comes to this type of game, which I don't think it will. JMU will be able to win a high-scoring shootout. I think so, too. I think it would it definitely be a – it's a good matchup for him. Like, I, I kind of like it more almost um, – than, than some of the other matches. Like, I kind of like that their defense is bad. Like, that one seems like, all right, Jamie's probably got this in the bag. I also really enjoy that this is a really good barometer. Like, mm-hmm. to me, App State is almost an outlier in what happened. Yeah. You don't get a good feel because it was eight minutes of terrible football and then JMU figured things. Like, that game was really fun as a fan. But as you're trying to, like, figure out what this team is – to me, it's an outlier. They have a lot of grit. They have the indomitable will or the indomitable sm- snowman or whatever that is. They have all that. That's cool. But to me, it's it's hard to really look at a team and figure something out when you have a 25-point comeback. You're good, but why are you good? I think Middle Tennessee, in that game, they were not as good as we thought they were going to be. You can't judge anything off an FCS team. We've been saying that this entire time throughout FC. Whenever JMU was playing in the FCS, we're like, well, you can't judge the Dukes because you can't judge against an FCS team. Um, and then the Texas State game, Texas State is worse than five other CAA teams. So you really can't judge on that. I think this is a legit game where if JMU goes out and dominates, I'm ready to say they're going undefeated. Yeah, I think it's one that's definitely going to tell us more. And then I think, like, after that, then you're into, like, all right, all like, yeah. most, if not all, of these games are going to be, like, fights. Like, you're going to really have to show up. Georgia Southern's got some good stuff going offensively. Probably should have beaten Coastal. You love Probably should have beaten Coastal. Coastal had a nice finish there to beat them. Coastal, a little messed up here. It, like, hurricane weather on Friday – and I, th- I think there were some rumors that Georgia Southern was like, let's just play the game on Sunday because we have to travel to you. And they were like, no, nah, we'll, we'll just play Saturday night. I think they had to travel day of, and they still <laughs> almost beat Coastal. But Coastal's doing anything they can to, to rack up those wins. And then like Marshall, Louisville, Dominion. But there's also, those games are like definitely tougher. I kind of think Jamie is better than every team on the rest of the schedule. I don't think ODU is going to be a tough game. Like you keep saying this, and I they just find ways to win, and it's like yeah, and they rivalry. Yeah, and they don't know how to play offense. They're not the best offensive team in the country, that's for sure. They're really they're pretty average at everything. They they kind of stink. So like I just and I also think JMU fans are going to pack out that stadium. Like maybe I'm overselling (laughs) JMU fans and underselling ODU fans, but I really think that's going to become Bridge Fourth East. That'd be fun if it did. That's for sure. There's there's a long way to go, but there's a lot of reason to be excited because they have played very well through four games. Yes, for sure. Um, anything else you want to add about Arkansas State 
maybe we want to touch on some undefeated odds, but we can get to that if you have anything else you want to um, touch on with Arkansas State. No, yeah, I want to. I want to hear your thoughts on this because I didn't even notice it when I, I guess, shared an article on the Bill Conley um, with ESPN ranking the undefeated teams. or sixteen of them. Has JMU fourteenth, but um, his SP plus has <laughs> JMU's percentage like odds of going eleven and zero at eleven percent. So the odds are at eleven percent, and I'm almost fully on board with that. I think that JMU has a really solid chance and maybe you got to talk me down. And after we go from this one box, you can talk me down from this ledge, but I feel like we've swapped places here over the last week where I'm fully in on this Duke's team. And I think they can go undefeated. I think this is a big test this weekend, but if they can make it through Jonesboro, Arkansas and take down Arkansas state from there, you're at Georgia Southern and I don't think Georgia Southern is a good team. I think they're going to be favored in that. And by I think they're going to be favored in that game against Marshall on homecoming. That's going to be an electric, electric atmosphere. They're going to be favored in that game. Going to Louisville, Louisville might be with a new head coach. Malik Cunningham is good, but this rushing defense of JMU is so elite. I think they're going to have struggling. They're going to be struggling as a one-dimensional football team in that game. And Jamie will probably be an under-touchdown point underdog in that game. Then they're going to Norfolk and taking on ODU. They're going to be a favorite in that game. They then go and play Georgia State at home. That's the game we're going to be at. And because we're there, they're going to win. And then Coastal, I don't think Coastal is that good either. They've won, they're have they a fraudulent 4-0 team, 5-0 team. JMU fans are a little upset. Colin Coastal, not that great, blah, blah, blah. Coastal and JMU, very similar strength of records coming into the season. But Coastal, I think by that time, we'll know a lot more about that team. But I think JMU will be favored in that game. I don't see a scenario where JMU doesn't go undefeated. <laughs> Whoa, I love this hot take. <laughs> this is my favorite take. Four, four games in. It's like, we we can't lose. We're going to submit a waiver to play in the college football playoff, and we can't lose that. And we're in the college football playoff, and I can't see Bama, given what Signetti knows about Saban. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In that game. Next thing you know, we win the championship. We're starting to run the state and the country. We get all the top five recruits. We're loaded up on five stars. When Ewers you... transfers to us, he replaces Tots and Teo. Still has three years of eligibility. The biggest question now is are JMU fans going to be complacent with this national championship winning dynasty? Will fans okay. show up in Bridgeport <laughs> after our fifth straight FBS national title? I don't know. On a real note, two things. I do think there's a – I think 11% is a little high, but I think there's a real chance yeah. that JMU goes undefeated. Like, I think there's two two tests left on this schedule, and it's at Louisville, and it's against Marshall slash Coastal. It's one of those two games. I don't know which one it's going to be, and I know the top out. But I think there's really two tests left, and they should win every other game. Um, so that's – that's why I think there's a solid chance that they go undefeated to finish the season. But also, I'm going to throw a question at you. Do you yeah. think this negatively impacts JMU's fandom in the future? Like, if they go 10-1, and 11-0, and 9-2, like, they have a really good record in a year that it doesn't matter. Do you worry if they then go, I don't know, barely bowl eligible next year? 
I think the standard is the standard. And no, uh, I, I think that it, it probably would, right? The expectation if they do it is like, well, some of it though, I don't I don't think is that wrong of the fans. Like if, if Kurt Signetti goes on the Jim Rome show <laughs> and says, we want to play in college football playoffs, like by all means, we're holding you to that standard. Like his opening press conference, he's like, we want to win FCS national titles. We want to not one, not two, not three. Like he definitely did that like in one of his opening statements was like, I want to win like seven FCS national titles. So like when people were like, hey, that's the goal, that's the barometer, reasonably fair. It doesn't mean if Jamie goes seven and five, they're unsuccessful. But I think the goal that they're kind of proving early on is like, hey, if it expands to 12, you if you put yourself at the top of the Sun Belt East and the college football playoff expands to 12, realistically, you should kind of be in the conversation of, of like getting the top G5 auto bid. Um, so I think that's, yeah, like the expectations are going to be absurd if they go 10 and one, but some of it is sort of deserved. Like the culture is really good. The team's really good. They've done a good job recruiting. Uh, they've done a good job in the transfer portal. Like at a certain point. Yeah. Maybe those should be the expectations. I want to, I want to throw a quick question back at you here. All right. I'm ready to you were talking it. about undefeated. Now they, they can't, you know, lose any games. This is actually pretty interesting. Okay, so looking at the this is the ESPN efficiency metrics. I don't know their exact formula, right? I'm sure they keep it keep it all hush hush so that they can be ESPN or whatever, and we we can't be them. But how many That'd teams? Weird. <laughs> can can you? I want to see if you can name. There are two teams in the Sun Belt outside of JMU that are in the top seventy offensively and defensively in efficiency. Can you name the other two? It's not App State. <laughs> it is not App State. Because their defense is probably like <laughs> 120. Their defense is 96. Yep, yep. So two teams that are in top, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern's offense is 45th. Defense is 122nd. Oh. <laughs> wow. Is it Coastal? Coastal 55th offensively, 89th defensively. Who in the world is it? Marshall? Marshall's actually a fascinating one. Marshall's defense they have is 12th. Their offense they have at 110th. Oh. They're both in the West. Is it Louisiana Monroe and... No, Louisiana Monroe neither is top 70. (laughs) It's really a, who is it? Quite a question. South Alabama, oh, South Alabama, uh-huh. and Southern Miss. My boys in Southern Miss are in there defensively with the offense due to the fact that they like literally can't throw a football. Is is okay? Yeah. So South Alabama and West it's a, uh, Troy. It's a team. Yeah, Troy. What Troy? Troy sixty fifth offensively, 39th defensively, and then South Alabama's metrics are really good. Yeah, so, buddy, boy. that's my team. Go Jaguars. 44th offensively <laughs> and 17th defensively. So they've been really good. And if they had gotten that UCLA win, they'd be looking pretty darn snazzy right now. And then JMU is 56th offensively, which is maybe a little low for what they're capable of. And defensively, no, they, who have they played against? No, I think like what they're capable of. I think they could be oh, more oh, efficient. Okay. For, yeah, like 56 seems fair, but I think they could be better than that. And then defensively, defensively, they're first. <laughs> so that's pretty hilarious. But um, no, I thought that was crazy because going off of your your thing, it's like you think they could go undefeated, and it's it's not unreasonable. 
because they don't play those two. And like every team they play has a flaw. Like like either their offense is bad or their defense is bad. Like they're they don't play a complete team. And I, I'm being gen like I know that came across as like hacky and a little bitty, and like that was kind of my <laughs> point with what I was doing. But at the same time, there is a part of me that genuinely believes they could finish this season. I think at Louisville is probably their biggest test, and I don't think they're more than a touchdown underdog. And I think they're favored in every other game this year. They're going to have a pretty good pretty like, good. They're going to have a – I think if they win this week, we'll see that SP plus number jump to like 17 20%. And also, the, uh, their SP plus ranking took a massive – jump i forget what it was middle tennessee win there no it was it was after that it was this week when they they lost there was something that was like that maybe it was waiting stuff from last season and now that it's like only this season or something it helped them but they went from like 68 to 34 or something it was like whoa 34th and they're almost ranked in the ap top 25 like everything they're doing is uh it's pretty hilarious and then you look even even louisville uh, their offense is actually outside the top 70. It's 73rd. So they've been inconsistent offensively. Uh, Cunningham's kind of day-to-day right now. Obviously, that's a while away, but he's already a little banged up. and They don't have a ton other than him, really. They kind of stink. They just lost to Boston College. So, yeah, I mean, 11-0 is the standard. <laughs> standard. <laughs> I hate you. Sorry, I'm doing the I'm, – I'm crunching the numbers from last week's uh, Sunbelt Pick'em as we get ready for that portion of the podcast. We got to do some belt pick. Um, we also I want to talk broadcast a little bit. Please do. Why well, you start your little you start talking on this. I'm going to compile our numbers and then I'll be okay. ready to jump in. Yeah, I think this one is it's only kind of fair because we at least me specifically really ragged on the App State broadcast, which I thought was was not very yeah. good. Um, especially at times they were sort of unclear of like things that were going on in the game. Um, and then they also had some weird like score bug things that didn't make sense. But like the rain covered cameras Saturday was not a great look. And I think it's it's kind of fair because ESPN plus I think is a bigger deal. And when you when you're saying like on a legitimate television show, not sarcastically, your head coach says we want to play in the college football playoff. I think it is then also fair that like things outside of that are held to a certain standard. Um I think like the video team is killing it. Like social media. Yeah. So like that's that's like oh wow this is amazing like we really feel like an FBS team. I just thought the broadcast was kind of um maybe lower tier than expected but also not that different than how it sometimes was at the, the CA level. And this is also coming from two guys who worked on the broadcast for a year each our senior year so I feel like we bring a little bit of not expertise to it but we we kind of know what's happening. We know what's kind of happening on the behind the scenes aspect of it and even if you just understand broadcasting in general you kind of understand the behind the scenes of it the fact that they had the rain covered cameras that's just kind of unacceptable and then not only that you keep cutting to them and i know the broadcast would have been worse off if you didn't have wide shots Mm -hmm. but i think it was so rain covered that you had to run with your you know your hero shots or your wide cam from end zone to end zone like we didn't need that wide shot at that moment like figure it out clean it wipe it after every something where you're not cutting to something in a third down play that at the time was a pivotal moment in the game and I couldn't see it was an incomplete pass on the sideline Jalen Walker's interception where he housed it for a pick six you couldn't see where the ball was 
because the rain was covering the cameras so badly. And, and yeah, like you said, if your coach is saying we want to play in the college football playoff, I expect we're at the standards of those teams, the Ohio States, the Alabamas. Is that a pipe dream for the budget we're running with our broadcast? Yeah, but at least you can try and match that. The fact that, you know, I know it can be so much better and I have the expectations that it can be so much better. I just think who I just the rain covered cameras, man. Like I'd love to talk to whoever was doing that because what was the thinking? Yeah. I just think it can be a little bit improved. So I think probably worth calling out. Cause I know there's a lot of times like there's a road broadcast. We're like, this is a joke. And then like, if this was the road broadcast, we would have been Jamie fans. Them. Yeah. So I think that's where it's fair to be like, all right, like maybe there's some improvement there. And again, it was also like, we talked about it, like legitimate rain and wind and all that stuff, but also it was in the forecast for like a week. Like there was, it wasn't like it was a surprise rainstorm or something. Like there was, there was some kind of prep and be like, Hey, let's make sure that the camera isn't soaked. <laughs> it was so wet. <laughs> that third down play like early, I think it was seven zero and it was third and 10 and you just couldn't see what happened. Yeah, just just hoping it's a little crisper at, at some games moving forward because I think it's it's one that it's it's kind of hard to get a spot that's not on. They obviously NFL Network this week, but sometimes it can be challenging like not to be on the the streaming. And I think ESPN at times, I know Shane Matlin has said this, like we'll put a good game on ESPN Plus because it might drive some people to the the streaming yeah. service. So like at the G five level, you can't really have a lot guaranteed in terms of getting on TV. Like it, I'm pretty sure it's sometimes they have like Pat McAfee doing ESPN two simulcasts of the ESPN game. Like, so they're not necessarily forcing G five <laughs> games onto this. Yeah. So I don't know. It would be cool. And really across the conference too, if, if broadcast sort of step up a little bit and, and maybe yeah. raise the standards just a bit. Yeah. The standard is the standard. Anyways, so you ready for the Sunbelt pick up? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Well, we're having a little bit of a side technical difficulties right now. Something is happening with Bennett. So um, last week, we had a six and three day or last week, our Sunbelt Pickums. We both went six and three. We hit on a few different ones. We both were on Army to take down Georgia State, which did not happen. Both were on App State to beat the Citadel. And boy, did they. They won 49 to zero. Both were on Marshall to take down FCS foe Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb 0-3 away, 1-4 on the season. Uh, Gardner-Webb gave Coastal a little bit of a run, but just haven't been able to make that up. I was on Coastal. Bennett is still bullishly on Georgia Southern, which is just mind-boggling to me. Um, we both were on South Alabama. Those are my boys, the Jaguars. USA, baby, University of South Alabama. They're having themselves a solid season over there in the Sun Belt West. I was on Liberty Ben was on ODU. ODU, um, not great of a team. They lost 38-24, to failed to score in the fourth quarter, only scored seven second-half points. Not great. Their quarterback did throw for 297 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and Jennings, the third wide receiver for ODU, had over 120 yards receiving. Um, I was on Louisiana Monroe to take down Arkansas State. Maybe Arkansas State's not terrible, but they're not good either. Um, UL Monroe scored seven in each quarter. Arkansas State did not, and they won 45-28. Western Kentucky, that's who I was on. They lost to Troy. Troy's now three and two. Could be four and one if it wasn't for a miraculous Hail Mary. 
against App State. And of course, we were both on JMU last week against Texas State. Almost forgot who JMU played. Um, I was on it, JMU to win 28-3. to Bennett was on it 35-17. to Bennett, I guess we can say, was a little bit closer on that one. But uh, since he's not here, we won't focus on that. Um, so this week's Sun Belt pick before we jump into the games as Bennett is away still for the moment. We have JMU at, Ar- at Arkansas State, at Arkansas State. Georgia Southern, Georgia State take on each other. App State, Texas State. Southern Miss, Troy, Coastal, UL, Monroe. Going to be interesting for sure. And as we wait for Bennett to come back, a quick look around the Sun Belt standings. I think this will be fun to look at. Not a lot of conference games that have gone underway yet, as we're still pretty early on in the Sun Belt season. But just overall standings. I can hear that. <laughs> I unmuted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. <laughs> so All right, quick this. Sunbelt pick them, I and I got to handle a quick, quick problem. <laughs> All right. We'll hit you real quick. You ready? I broke it down. We both were 6-3 and three last week. Um, I don't know what our overall records are, but let's do this. Georgia Southern, they take on Georgia State. Yeah, this one's actually kind of a fishy line. Georgia State minus two and a half. I'm back on. Uh, I'm back on Georgia State. I think Georgia State wins this game. You're back on Georgia State. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna go Southern here. The line just feels fishy. What's the line? The line's Georgia State minus two and a half. Doesn't make any sense. You're right, but I mean, you're also the one that have been saying that Georgia State's actually a good team. Um, and then last week I said that they suck. So it's it's a real it's a tough scene with them. App State, Texas State. I think App State pretty easily wins that one. I agree. I think App State is the much better team against Texas State. App is a 19-point favorite. For what it's worth, JMU was a 22-point favorite, although JMU was home, so that might be the three points accounting for it there. Southern Miss at Troy. Your boys, 2-2. Two two. First Sunbelt game for them, Troy is a 6.5-point favorite. Southern Miss, they are my boys. But you're not going with your boys here. I'll just I'll go with my boys. I'll Southern Miss. I'm gonna go with my boys, even though I think Troy's probably a more complete team. I'll go with Southern Miss. Yeah, Troy three and two. One Hail Mary away from being four and one. Two and oh in Sunbelt would be massive for them, but alas, they allowed a huge Hail Mary. Coastal at UL Monroe. Coastal is a thirteen and a half point favorite on the road. Five and oh the Shanta 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 clears. I just yeah. I just was buffering there for a second. <laughs> Taking on UL Monroe. I think UL Monroe definitely covers. Tempted to have them as an upset play here. They're hard to get a feel for because they played Texas and Alabama, so I'm throwing those out. But so maybe a little better at home. I say Coastal wins, even though Coastal's a massive fraud. I think Coastal wins too, but I like what you said. I think the play is UL Monroe plus 13 and a half. Yeah, I'd, I'd even wait a little bit for that line because I imagine the public is going to be all over Coastal because they're going to see 5-0 and and think Coastal have that brand. I think that line might creep up to 14, 14 and a half. And I thought if it, it was hits, earlier, and now I don't even know. It could be could be wrong. But yeah, if you can get it at the two touchdowns, all you got to do is, you know, you get a yep. push it as two touchdowns. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, I, I love the 14 number. So 
hit that for sure if you can wait it out. JMU, Arkansas State in Jonesboro. JMU, an 11.5-point favorite. All of these odds provided by ESPN and Caesar Sportsbook. But you can find all of these odds and so many more on Bet Online. JMU, Arkansas State, who do you got? Incredible. Um, <laughs> I like... Um... I have JMU winning this game 41 to 17. Wow. You think this is like a blowout? I thought you yeah. had faith in Arkansas State. I did. And then, like, the more I looked at it, I was like, oh, I just don't think they're good on defense. And maybe the offense isn't like above average or just average. So I think, uh, I think JMU wins it pretty easily. And then I think the next few weeks, they do get tested pretty, pretty significantly. I like it. Okay. I'm going to go JMU 48. The fact JMU has put up 40-plus points in each game this season, except for the App State game, but so in 75% of their games, in three of their four of their games, they put up over 40 points, 40 or more. And this is not a much better Arkansas State defense. They're 125th, according to EPA. Give me JMU to win 48 to 10. Wow. And that's it for the JMU Sports News Podcast. Anything else you got to add in? No, I think that's it. All right, go have fun with whatever life has thrown your way, and we'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, at Jamie Sports News, or on Patreon. Um, we are we got a home on the web, www.jamiesportsnews.com. A lot of great stuff. And subscribe to the newsletter while you're there. It's revived. It's back, folks, and it's bringing you all the Jamie Sports News content you need. Until next week, see ya. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube